The Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 27. You don't have to be a starving artist. Five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay, I'm keeping this in, okay? I want to show you that this is this is still kind of not natural for me to get this all in one take. So I wanted to show you that. Anyway, hi, <laughs> my name is Annette Bone. I am the host of the Dancepreneuring Studio. And this is the place where dance inspires life and business. Every other week, and this happens to be one of those every other weeks, I bring an awesome dancer and choreographer who is also an entrepreneur, and they share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to move your life and business forward. And this week in my Step to Success segment, I share a new social media platform that I think you'll be surprised that I'm not completely on board with yet. So stay tuned for that. In my Dancer's Dialect segment, finish this sentence first. It takes two to blank. We all know what that word is. So I'm going to talk about that word in the Dancer's Dialect section segment section, whatever you guys want to call it. And then in our feature presentation, oh my goodness, I am so thrilled to be bringing you another amazing dancer, choreographer, entrepreneur. And his name is Chi Sito. He is the founder of iDance Academy and is considered the most popular club dance, dance subject dance seduction expert with over 25 million views online, over 20,000 subscribers and growing. He's been all over the world teaching, choreographing. He's had clients come in from all over the world so that he can teach them what he knows about club dance, social dance, all kinds of stuff. And I really enjoyed talking with him and getting to know him outside of this because he is just a go-getter. He's a cool guy to hang out with, and I think you will really enjoy learning from him. So, so let's get going and have some fun dance talk. Here we go. Hey, it's Chi the Club Dance King here, founder of iDance Academy, and I'm so happy to be here today with Annette Bone, and you guys are listening to the Dancepreneuring Studio. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. I'm interested in getting your feedback on today's step that I'm going to share. And whether it's a success step or not, that is to be determined by you and your purposes for using this tool should you decide to jump in and use it. And this week's step that I want to share is my experience with a new, well, fairly new, I think they launched in March, 
fairly new social media platform called Periscope. And you can find a link in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash zero two seven. And I'll go ahead and list out the pros and cons that I found in my very short experience with this app. And just as anything new that comes out, there are going to be some bugs. There are going to be some things that need to be improved upon. The cool thing about that is that there is a level playing field for anyone to jump on and start getting engagement. And that's what I found about this this platform. Well, let me take you back. First of all, I knew about Periscope months ago, but I was very hesitant about jumping on yet another social media platform. <laughs> I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and on the other stuff, LinkedIn. I have a profile on Pinterest, although I don't think I've put anything on there. Side note, I was way into Pinterest three, four years ago, I think, and got burnt out. So <laughs> after a week on Periscope, I am burnt out, I have to say, because uh, let me start with the positives first. Oh, well, no, let me start with the cons because then I can end with the positives. And of course, like anything, it's up to you to decide if this is a platform you want to get on. And secondly, can you use it for the purposes that you intend? So all in all, I recommend that you at least jump in and check it out and see if you like it. So anyway, the cons, number one, is that... If you have your notifications on, and this is just with anything that you have notifications on for your phone, your phone can totally blow up and distract you with notifications. And I have pretty much all my notifications off on my phone because I don't want to be reactive. and I, I want to determine when I'm going to check certain things. So I had it on just because I was getting familiar with the app. And, and um, by the way, you can download it on iOS and Android. And so the cons are that the notifications are driving me nuts. <laughs> and it's interesting because a lot of experts will say you need to be on social media several times a day. Uh, multiple times throughout the week. And a lot of that might have to do with the algorithm and what, you know, how the app operates so that the maximum number of people can see you on the whatever platform you're on. So I do get that. However, I don't want people to get tired of me. <laughs> so I'm not on very much. And so I'm seeing the same people on several times during the day. And I've kind of ignored the messages now because I, I, just, I know it's just too much for me. It's just too much. Even if, if I really like them and I like what they have to say and they have great content, but it just, I feel, I feel very interrupted by it, just like any other notification. So you have to determine that for yourself if that is something that is bothersome to you. For me, I just don't like to be interrupted that way. So that's one con. Um, the second thing is that I've noticed that people, you can share broadcasts. I don't think I even explained. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back just a little bit. Periscope allows you to tune into live broadcasts all around the world and react uh, or interact in real time via messages. So you can send messages and the person that is doing the broadcast can see the messages. And then also, if you like what they're saying, you tap the screen and it gives hearts. So you see all these cute little colored hearts floating up on the right side. And that that's how you can tell if people are engaged with your content. So that's been kind of a good meter to assess if what you're doing is engaging to your audience. 
And it's not the number of hearts. Of, you know, that's a whole dif- different story. And um, one thing I learned is that <laughs> if you decide to get on it, is that you can, I think it's 500 hearts. You can have, you have to keep tapping the screen to get more hearts and you're giving more hearts as approval to the person that's broadcasting. You can um, go up to 500 hearts per session. But then if you get out while they're stu- still doing the, pro- the broadcast, then you could go back in and then do more hearts. <laughs> So it's like just a form of gamification, I guess you can call it, to see how many hearts you can get. So that's been kind of the focus for a lot of people, a lot of the the scopes that I've been on. And so the con about that, what I was going to get to, is that you can also share the broadcast and it'll automatically share on Twitter and share to your followers And what I'm finding is that there's overshare, like there's some people that are sharing every single thing. So then your notifications just blow up with all these people doing scopes on different things. I know that there are scopes that are very entertaining. I know some people use them just for personal, like, you know, I'm here, check this out. I'm golfing. I'm, I don't know, I'm at my kid's event or something. And the ones that I've been on mostly are business related. And so I follow some people that are uh, well known in their respective industries and even they are figuring it out they already have big communities but um they're still trying to figure it out they have big communities outside of periscope and so um those are the cons so far is that you can get very distracted with the notifications the shares and then um sometimes the content like it's just i understand about engaging your audience but it's very easy to get distracted because you see the feed coming up, people asking questions that can kind of get you off track if you're trying to be focused on a specific topic in your broadcast. And so just because it's new for me too, and I'm not a video person, I got very distracted by the the periscopes. And so um, you just have to kind of juggle that. Some people like that. I notice some people don't. They just kind of want to get you to the point. And uh, it's interesting to see the way that some people handle that. And then also the trolls that have been on with the inappropriate comments, which I know they're everywhere. But the cool thing now get into the pros is you can block anybody that's on your live broadcast feed. They can block the trolls. You don't have to be the one. If you're doing the broadcast, you can block them too. But any one of the viewers, that are tuning into your broadcast, they can block a troll. So <laughs> I, hate, I hate referring to people as trolls, but and I don't know them, obviously. But anyway, that's what everybody on Periscope is calling these unwanted visitors that are making these inappropriate comments. So with that, that's a positive. You, um, anybody can block inappropriate comments or things that are not pertinent to the scope. Secondly is I'm so I was so surprised to see the engagement and the community that is built so quickly when you start broadcasting. I've met someone that is going to be a future guest on this podcast just because of a scope. And I have definitely learned a couple things or two, but of what to do, what not to do. And, and I'm at the point right now where I don't know if I'm going to continue or not. It's been good practice for me to speak in front of a camera live without it being edited. And that's another thing, too. I don't know if that's a pro. Or, it could be a pro for someone, a con for someone else. But you cannot edit. <laughs> you are live and there is no turning back unless, of course, you want to turn off the scope, but it's good on the fly training. (laughs) And it's, it is kind of fun. I have to admit it is kind of fun, but even within a week I got burnt out just because of what I shared previously with oversharing and just the, my feed blowing up and that kind of thing. So 
But the positive, again, is that you can block the trolls. You can build community very, very quickly because it is a new platform and people are still trying to figure it out. If there are any technical hiccups or anything like that, people are very forgiving about that. And it's just I'm really surprised that there have been a lot of there's been a lot of business generated because of the quick engagement and relationships because of Periscope. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And um, again, I just recommend that with any tool that I recommend, I just recommend you check it out and see if it works for you. And if it does, great. And if you want to share your results from that, awesome. And if not, that's great too. It's just another result that you've learned and you can move on. Another feature of Periscope that can be a pro or con is the location being on or off. So just depending on whether you really want people to know the exact location that you're at, it will show. If not, then you need to make sure that you turn that off. And when you do a live broadcast, you will have your broadcast automatically tweeted on Twitter. And then there is another service called catch.me. And you can also find a link in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 027. And that I've heard pros and cons about that too. And what catch does it, it automatically saves your broadcast. Now you can save your broadcasts on your phone. You just have to, when you set it up, you just have to put the settings to um, save to your camera roll. And it will also confirm that. So I've heard different things about catch. I don't know about it enough whether to use it or not. I just automatically used it because... I was just starting out with Periscope and just kind of testing things out. So you can decide on that. Also, what happens is that if people cannot be on your live broadcast, a replay is available. And if you need to delete your replay, which I've (laughs) had to do, I did one yesterday and the sound wasn't working. So I said, bye, got to go. And I just got out and then I deleted the broadcast. Now it automatically retweeted it anyway, but I just went back and then did it again. So like I said, because it's a new platform, there are some connection hiccups sometimes, but people seem to be really tolerant of that. It's just a technology thing and people seem to not really mind that at all. They just get back in, get out, refresh the screen or whatever. So pros and cons, kind of depending on what your experience is with it, it could be a pro or a con. But I think if you want to practice at getting good in front of video on the fly. I think Periscope is a good medium to experiment with. And if you're already great on video, then more power to you. (laughs) That was not me. That was not me at all. So anyway, go ahead and check out Periscope. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The Dancer's Dialect is the Dancer's Language. I'm going to share dance terminology across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. The word for today in the dancer's dialect is, do you remember what I said in the beginning intro that it takes two to blank? So obvious, we all know that. It takes two to tango. And tango is our word today in the dancer's dialect. And I thought it was appropriate to pick this word because of our feature presentation coming up as chi teaches tango and other social and ballroom dances, which I have not taken any ballroom type dancing. And I love watching it. I love watching tango for, um, and, uh, these partner dances, just seeing how the male leads and seeing how both the male and the female are strong together in the dance. It's so beautiful to watch. I love watching tango. I love watching rumba. I love watching pretty much all styles of dance. I don't think I found a style of dance that I, 
that I don't like watching because I just love it all. But anyway, so tango is our word for today in the dancer's dialect. And I want to, I don't know what I really want to say about it, except that it does take two to tango. And just that dance between two partners, the same kind of dance occurs in relationships and business interactions and anything in life. You There's that constant pull and leading and things leading you and that kind of thing. I don't know if I'm reaching too far on that, but I just thought it was appropriate to share. So anyway, Tango, I want to leave you with this quote that I found from Margaret Putnam, and it says this, Tango is the Everest of social dance, impossible, demanding, intricate, and therefore irresistible. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. There is this pervasive mentality and stereotype that exists in the dance world and outside of the dance world that artists, dancers have to be starving artists or that it's normal or it's it's just kind of one of those things that you have to go through in order to make it. And... I don't believe that because I think it comes down to your mentality. And I'll go into a little bit about that because it's been really awesome to be around dancers and choreographers now being back in the dance world. What's even more awesome is meeting these ones specifically that are on their entrepreneurial journey. And it's a different mindset. And we've, you know, I went through that as well myself when I was younger. I thought, oh my goodness, I want to move to New York City and train and struggle. And that's just the whole part of the story. And I don't care if I live in this, you know, dungy apartments <laughs> because it was glorified, you know. And and if you're back from Oh, my goodness. If you grew up like in the 80s, probably mid 80s, if you remember this, that show Fame with Debbie Allen. And oh, my goodness, that was one of my favorite shows. And then it, and then there was a new cast with like Nia Peoples, who I just adored because she was a dancer and a singer and she was beautiful. So anyway, do you remember that line? If you are familiar with that show and you could probably look it up, maybe I'll just even link it in the show notes where Debbie Allen says, you want fame? Well, fame costs, and this is where you start paying with sweat or something like that. So I'll link that, and that way you could see it. But I just, oh, my goodness, just um, when I discovered dance and how much I loved it, I thought, you know, I'm just going to work my butt off, and I'm going to do all this. And what I came to find back then, there weren't the options available in terms of business. You know, my mind wasn't on business. It was about becoming whatever type of dancer I wanted to become. Nowadays... I think it's really cool when a dancer or choreographer can take their passion and take the skills that they have in the dance world and turn it into a business. And so my next guest, Chi Sito, has done that very successfully. He's taken something he's really good at teaching, dancing, choreographing, and turned that into an uh, into an online business very successfully. And um, let me tell you a little bit about him. He is the founder of iDance Academy and Club Dance Lessons. He's the most popular club dance expert and social dance expert online. He's had millions and millions and millions of views on his YouTube videos. He's been featured on NBC. He's trained with some of the top dancers and choreographers in the world. He's been all over the world teaching dancing, choreographing, and he has clients come from all over the world to train with him. He's had amazing 
review after review after review on Yelp for his iDance Academy studio. And it has also been named the number one dance studio on Yelp. So the guy knows what he is doing. And it's really awesome to see that. So I really hope you enjoy my conversation with my friend Chi. Here you go. I was using this website called takelessons.com and they're still around. They're doing very well and they help you, you know, get clients for all types of different tutoring. So they were just launching and they, they asked me to do some instructional videos for them and they came and they taped it and edited it. Uh, so they put those on their site and then they, they started getting really kind of good uh, comments. And so I put that on, on YouTube. So those were my original YouTube videos, uh, which I posted probably about 2007, which is about the same year I, I really decided to jump into teaching dance full time. Um, so that, that was kind of the beginning of, of the videos and, and uh, how I launched the YouTube channel, Club Dance Lessons. Did you have a plan as you were going along or you just kind of because from what I get is that you're t- you're the type of person that okay you have an idea just as any entrepreneur and then you just do the steps to put everything into action even if it might not be perfect uh, what would you say about that sure so I didn't I'm I'm a hmm, I'm a very creative person and I always kind of find solutions. I always think there's a, there's a solution to, to any problem. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's better just to get things done than to be perfect. So whether, you know, uh, over the years, that's kind of a big lesson that I've learned with it, whether it's with my DVDs or websites, it's better just to, to get a product out or a website, whatever it is, get it done. And then you can get feedback after the fact you could fix it after the fact, but you, a lot of people have, you know, kind of a perfectionist kind of thing that, that that's kind of a, it's going to limit you. Yes, I agree. And I, I, I myself have, have had to learn to, to just kind of get things going that way as well. And it's been, and it's been great though, because you can, you can put stuff out there and then you can always tweak. And then as you get feedback, you can continue to make things better. So I, I really do appreciate that. And seeing examples like yourself doing that and being really successful at that. So what was your strategy behind getting the 25 million views that you have on YouTube? I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I didn't really have a strategy. I mean, after the, after the fact now, um, I, I, I know, uh, I have a good idea on what, um, how I got there, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go into it thinking, you know, I'm going to get 25 million views, but, but some tips to that. I think why my, my videos, uh, got as many views as they did. Uh, one is, you know, just put out good content, um, that, that is helpful to people that gives value to people. Uh, two is, you know, I, I always kind of joke about it, but, um, sex sells. And, and if you watch my videos, they're, they're, they're PG 13. I, I have, a kind of my most famous video is how to freak dance. And, uh, so I'm, uh, I think another reason why my, my original videos blew up is that cause I, I was doing something new and something different that, that hadn't really been done before. So, um, and then it's kind of PG 13. I, I have, uh, it's provocative and I have really pretty girls in my videos. So 
that always kind of, you know, attracts eyeballs. So, so let's see, being original, uh, offering good content, having sex appeal, um, being consistent in your, in your uploads, which I've had a very big challenge with over the years. And that that's, if you really want to develop a following and grow your audience, you really have to be consistent. So I'm still working on that. Um, now, you know, even, you know, I'd say if you're, if you're trying to do some YouTube videos, at least post once a week. Um, and then a lot of it after that is just kind of the marketing, like posting the social media and, and developing an email list. Uh, so people are, are following you and keeping in touch with you. So you've obviously worked at developing your brand and you've, you have been very successful in attracting a certain type of clientele. What is it that they're looking for when they come to you? Is there a common, is there a commonality with when they come to you? Like, you know, do they say, Chi, I need help with this. And it's pretty much the same thing. What would you say about the, the different clientele that you attract? Sure. I have a lot of different kind of niches and, and clientele. Like I, I'll teach weddings, uh, I'll do uh, corporate stuff. Primarily my focus the past few years has been helping men be more confident in their, and comfortable in their bodies. And uh, so that, that niche for me is a lot of like kind of a, engineer programmer type of guy um a guy that sits behind a desk all day very successful makes good money but maybe they maybe they don't go to the gym they're a little socially awkward so they come to see me because they don't want to be missing out on all the fun they want to they want to make new friends they want to meet girls be able to date them and so i i just kind of take them through my program and see them uh help them blossom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you serve a very, it's obviously you, you do very well with it because you do have people also that come from all over the world to see you. And what would you say, like, it must be really gratifying as an instructor, a choreographer, a teacher, and as a coach to see, to take your clients through this process and see them become more confident. Is this something that you were, were you, were you always confident? Did dance help you with confidence? How did you develop this, uh, this teaching method and what you take your clients through? That, that's a really great question. So I am naturally an introvert and, uh, dancing definitely, uh, helped me become confident. Um, because I think as, as with anything you, you study, I think once you gain that competence and that mastery, you, you get confidence from it, you know? So, uh, what was the second part of the question? Did I, I was, I always confident. And then what about, what was the second part of it? Oh, just, you know, how gratifying it is to see your, your pupil, your student to go through, you know, to get that confidence and, and to, um, to go through what you're teaching them and to see, see it come to fruition when you, you know, how do you work with them for just, I know you have different things you do with different types of clients, but do you see more with someone that maybe you're working with for a longer period of time or, um, how is it that you can see something right away with maybe someone you only have one session with? Right. So even within an hour, uh, everyone gets better. Uh, you know, that's not to say you're, you're going to master anything in a, in an hour or, or a day with me, but you'll definitely, everyone improves. Going back to the question, um, for me, the journey, it, it's still, I'm still, uh, working on myself and, and working on my own confidence. And 
So to me, to be able to help other people that are also, you know, kind of introverts and maybe a little socially awkward, that's a beautiful thing to me because I know how important that is um, as a man to, to be able to kind of just be proud of who you, who you are and confident and, and be able to communicate and relate to other people. Yeah, I definitely see why you, you know, and just in meeting you and talking with you, I can see why you've gotten the the numerous five-star reviews that you've gotten on Yelp for you and your studio. And, and they've all had commonality of saying how they love how you break things down, how patient you are, how encouraging you are. Was that modeled to you as you were doing your dance training? Or is that something that you've just had to learn as you've been working with your different clients? So, I, I mean, I've been really, really blessed. I've, I've learned from the best dance teachers in the world, uh, whether it be hip hop or salsa, bachata. I've just had, I just gotten really lucky with my teachers and the opportunities I've had to perform and stuff like that. But uh, the funny thing is looking back on it, I was, this last year, I kind of, I was hanging out with my mom and I grew up from maybe third or fourth grade, I started doing martial arts, doing karate. And, um, my mom took it with us and she learned Tai Chi. And I remember about a year ago, she was teaching me some Tai Chi. And then it just kind of clicked into my mind that, Oh, wow, this is actually where I got my, my teaching skills from. Cause she's really patient. She's very detailed. Um, so that was kind of a revelation for me. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of pick up a lot of habits from our parents, I suppose. Yes, that is true. You know, it's funny cause I was just watching, I don't know if you've seen this, um, Red Bull has a channel on Apple TV and they, they have all these extreme sports and they have, um, their Red Bull BC one b-boy competition and so they did these two reality shows two seasons of a reality show called i think it was it's called break in reality and um, i thought of you because i know you trained under the jabberwockies right so um what was your training like you know they they talked about their show you know them going from abdc and then to their show in vegas and so i thought about you and i thought gosh i wonder what it was like training under them when you did you want to talk a little bit about that and what you learned from them Sure. So I started dancing at UCI with a group called Kaba Modern. Um, they were on season one of America's Best Dance Crew with uh, Jabwalkies. And I got the opportunity to dance with uh, Culture Shock, San Diego, um, as well as LA. But I moved to San Diego specifically to dance with the guys from Jabwalkies on Culture Shock. So I never was a Jabwalki myself, but um, all those guys from Jabberwockies basically broke off from culture shock. And so, um, those guys were kind of my heroes, like the superheroes of hip hop, you know, rain in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my two favorite Jabberwockies still are, are Kevin and, uh, Joe, Joe LaRoe, just really cool guys. And just, just amazing. Like literally I remember watching this one routine. Uh, I think it's where they're wearing these tribal jumpsuits, black, black suits with the red stripes and, uh, Kevin, he's the black Jabberwocky. He, uh, he has a solo and he just murders it. And I literally, <laughs> I, I would literally like tear up. I think maybe the first time I saw it, I started tearing up. That was, I was so amazed at, you know, just how dope he was. So being able to train with those guys was, I mean, pretty awesome. You know, it's kind of interesting because 
the time that I got into hip hop, it was still really growing. And, and like when I grew up, I grew up on the East coast. There, there was no such thing as hip hop, like classes. They didn't exist. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when I came out here, um, like Angie Bunch, she's the founder of culture shock and she essentially is one of the pioneers and is one of the reasons why it's so pr prolific today. And then now obviously because of the, because of the YouTube and the internet, um, you see little seven-year-olds that, that dance like 10 times better than me, you know? So it's pretty crazy now, <laughs> but, but, but grow, growing up was different because we didn't have the internet like that. And we had to hunt for VHS tapes to, you know, but now instantly, you know, somebody in Germany posts something and, and you see it right away. So it's an interesting landscape that we live in and, but, but it's also really competitive now. So, um, I'm kind of glad that in a way that, uh, that I was, dancing at the time that I was and I got into it then. You've been able to successfully translate your physical business model to an online business model so that you're able to serve more people. Did you ever think that this was going to happen or did you feel like, well, I'm going to be a professional dancer, choreographer and take that route that most, most people do? Right. So I kind of always honestly try to talk myself out of pursuing dance as a career. I just felt like there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, challenges or, or at least that, that I had in my mind. Uh, for example, I'm on the shorter side, I'm five foot six and I'm not like supermodel. I don't have supermodel looks. I mean, I remember thinking about it back maybe 10 years ago, looking at, there was only maybe two successful Asian dancers, like really well, like, uh, Harry Shum is one of them. He's, mm -hmm. he's the guy that was on Glee and then JD McElroy. He's a, he's, he's like a house and hip hop dancer. He's dope too. So, so I didn't have a lot of role models and, and also I just kind of have always thought, you know, I, that, I don't know, for some reason, I think, um, I thought that that was too much of a, a risk or a, too much of a challenge for me. And cause I didn't feel like I, I fit that. What is it? The casting or the for stereotype what, or the stereotype. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to say stereotype, but the casting. Yeah. Of, of what, what these industry people were looking for. Mm -hmm. But, but now it's also interesting now, right? Because after all these TV shows, ABDC, especially there's tons of Asian guys that are killing it in, in the dance industry now. Right. Yes. And, and just in entertainment in general, it's, it's almost getting to the point where it's kind of cool to be Asian. Whereas when I was growing up, there was also not a lot of Asians in entertainment on TV or were portrayed as that nerdy, nerdy, nerdy guy that can't get girls and is awkward, you know, mm -hmm. or, or that, or the martial arts, like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan type. So, so the, this, this, the entertainment scene has really kind of evolved and, and where, you know, you see Steven Yoon, Walking Dead, you see this, who's the dude on, you know, Hawaii Five-0, that, that they're male leads and they're, they're strong masculine characters, which is, which is pretty awesome to see. Yes, it is. It is awesome to see that, to see the diversity now in the entertainment business and just in general, just that it really doesn't matter, you know, what you look like, you can make you can be successful if you put in the work and get around the right people. And that leads to my, leads me to my next question about um, you being interviewed at a recent business conference and talking about the importance of getting the right mentorship and getting around the right people and implementing quickly. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So I've, 
had a lot of business and, and life coaches, you know, spent tens of thousands of dollars to get mentored. And I, I think what I basically I said was, was you really need to, to find a mentor that you really resonate with. And because as an artist and what I've, what I've seen, you know, from different people, even, even people, different dance studio owners and such, just because you're, you're, you're good at what you do, what you do, your craft, like just because I'm a good dancer, doesn't mean I'm going to be a good teacher and it doesn't mean I'm going to be a good business owner. So I've had to study for years and spend all this money to really figure out how can I run a stable business? Um, and so, you know, going to these coaches for business, I've learned how to network and market and, and sell myself. And I think those are the keys to success in life is networking, marketing, and, and being able to sell yourself. So, and those are learnable skills. And I think you brought up something really important is the fact that you invested in yourself because so often people want to have success or start a business. And granted, there are definitely ways to go about that initially if you don't have the capital to invest. But when it comes down to it, there will come a point where you're going to have to invest in yourself because you can't expect other people to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in yourself. So I think that's really important that you brought that up. And especially as an artist, um, someone in dance where it's such a it, it, there's such a wide range of people that they think that they either have to be broke to pursue their art or there's this this talking about stereotypes and just that that whole stigma with dancers and artists and that kind of thing and I think that you've been a great example and you continue to be a great example of someone that can take something that is artistic and not only have a successful business offline, but be able to translate that online. And I think a lot of people can learn from that. So that it's really awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I think that especially with the internet, that really anybody these days can can be successful uh, online and, and you can just really reach so many people instantly. So, and and even, you know, I've, I have a bunch of different websites and, and previously you would have to pay thousands, hundreds or thousands of dollars to, you know, get web websites programmed. But now literally you could do it for free. And, and the last website I put up, I, I did it off of WordPress. It was a free template and I literally put up a website in a day. Um, and there's a lot of websites where it's, it's all kind of automated and drag and drop now. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more, it's, it's a lot more easy to, to be successful online these days. Yes, it is. What are three words that you would use to describe your entrepreneurial journey and why? Challenging, inspiring, and learning. <laughs> yes. So challenging, you know, it's, it's been a really long journey to, to get to a point where, where I, I can say that I'm a stable um, I have a stable business, just a lot of, you know, personal, personal challenges. And so that, that's just how life is. And that's how you grow is, you know, we go through these difficulties and we come out better on the other side, uh, inspiring, inspiring in many different ways, inspiring because I've been in, inspired by other people. Uh, I've seen really, you know, the best dancers and the best teachers in the world. And I've been so blessed that way. And just seeing, People do, pe you know, we can, 
we can do a lot with a little, you know, and that's the beauty of artists and, and we're very creative like that. And just learning, um, I think we need to just con- constantly be learning something I'm still working on. I'm, I haven't been on a dance company in a couple of years since I did a, a bachata team. And now actually a couple of weeks ago, I just joined a Zook team, a Zook team in Kizomba. So I'm really excited to be learning again because I think, yeah, I mean, you have to constantly be, be learning and, and growing and it's as, as a dancer and a teacher, it's very easy for us to kind of get an ego and, um, you know, kind of think, Oh, we're the best or whatever, you know, but for me, I, I actually, I might enjoy learning more than I enjoy teaching and I, and I really love to teach. So, but learning is very exciting to me. Yes, it is in business and in dance or something else that you're passionate about. It really is. It, it's a, it's a great experience all around and such a journey business wise and everything relates and everything helps each, you know, every aspect helps each, every other aspect of your life. So I think that's awesome. And hopefully we get to see you perform soon then. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely. Let me know. So what encouragement and advice can you give our listeners who are considering running their own business and becoming an entrepreneur? Right. So we, we talked about finding a good mentor. I'm actually going to be coaching uh, other artists very soon. So you guys can get my contact later, but um, find a good mentor, master your craft, you know, be the best that you can be at it. And, and then what I talked about earlier, which is it's, it comes down to more than being the best at what you do. Just, just cause you're the best dancer, the hip hop dancer or whatever it is, best dance teacher in the world actually doesn't, doesn't guarantee your success. So I think the networking, being able to network yourself, which is, you know, meeting people all the time, meeting the right people, um, marketing, which is getting, getting the word out. Uh, so people hear about you. And then once they hear about you, you have to be able to sell yourself. So, you know, if you get a lot of leads, but you don't convert them and, and make them customers, then, then your, uh, your marketing has basically is pointless. So that's something, again, I'm still working on right now is, is, converting more and, and working on my sales. So find a good mentor, uh, learn how to network market and sell yourself. And you just really have to have a lot of tenacity and, and be ready to do it for the long haul. But in a sense, it's, it can be in some ways it's easier to have that longevity or that persistence because you're doing something that you love. And I, I think most of the population can't, can't say that. So if you're doing something you love, then it's easier to do it. It's not, it's not like I, I'm going to a job every day that I hate it and I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? It's something that right. I'm, I'm appreciative that I can actually do it and it's fun. So although it is work, you know, get, yes. get, ready, to, get ready to put in the work. But yeah, you just have to really, I think it just comes down to putting in the work. Put, put in the work and just stay at it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That persistence, persistency and consistency for sure. Oh yeah. Great. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Sure. So my YouTube is youtube.com slash club dance lessons. My website is idanceacademy.com. Also they can download my, my mobile app that I just released at dance floorgame.com and and I'm on all social media at club dance 
King. If you guys want to email me, I'm at she, C-H-I, at idanceacademy.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chi. I really enjoyed meeting you, first of all, at a recent conference we were at and connecting there. And it's just been great to learn from you and see in another see another example of a successful artist that's been able to go online as well. And so I'm looking forward to seeing you perform, too, when you know, when that time comes with your new group. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really uh, excited for you. And, and this is great what you're doing for for other you know artists and dancers so congratulations to you yeah thank you I'm really interested in knowing how you think we can overcome the whole pervasive generalization that artists have to be starving whether they're dancers or musicians or whatever they are a creative artist i would really love to get a discussion going on this and you can go to annettebone.com forward slash zero two seven where you can also find the show notes to this session and i would really appreciate it if you could go to itunes and stitcher radio and give me a rating and review honest feedback i'm all about honest feedback whether it's positive or negative and that way i can continue improving the show and i would love to announce your name on a on a future session of the dancepreneuring studio and until then i pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine i look forward to talking with you soon thank you for listening this has been a session of the dancepreneuring studio find the archives of this show at anetbone.com slash podcast or on itunes Contact Annette at AnnetteBone.com. This podcast copyright by AnnetteBone.com and Dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.